It's Tuesday, August 22nd. I'm Josie Duffy Rice. And I'm Priyanka Arabindi, and this is What a Day, where just like Ariana Grande and Demi Lovato, we too are dropping Scooter Braun as our manager. Yes, and like Taylor Swift, we are recording all of our old albums again. All of the old podcasts. We're going all into the archives, re recording all of it. We're doing it Josie's all Josie's version, yeah. my version. Yes. They're all coming. <laughs> On today's show, Maui's mayor says that 850 people are still missing after the deadly wildfires. Plus, Trump's bail for the Georgia case has been set for $200,000. But first, in Tennessee, the state legislature's special session on public safety and mental health started on Monday. It's the beginning of what is expected to be a contentious battle about gun control. The session began months after six people, including three children, were gunned down in a school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. We all remember how this was spurred. It was a tragedy. But can you tell us why the state decided to hold this special session? So it's a culmination of the governor's push for, quote, public safety that comes after two of his friends were killed at the Nashville Christian School during a school shooting in March. So Governor Billy, who is a Republican, has pushed for a number of laws that align with the Republican ideals on this issue, right? Including more cops in schools, harsher punishment for juveniles, two things that we already know do not actually deter school shootings. Right. But this is what he's pushed for generally, right? Right. Pretty much anything but getting rid of guns. Exactly. But then the governor did something pretty surprising because, reminder, he is a Republican. He called for more gun control. Now, granted, it's very little gun control. He wants to basically institute an order of protection law that could, quote, result in temporary restriction of access to firearms in certain circumstances. This is basically a limited version of a red flag law. Yeah. And so he called this session to try to get that law passed. Right. I mean, it's an idea that makes a lot of sense to those of us who believe in gun control and think that gun violence can be prevented by sensible lawmaking and gun control. But very unusual for someone of his party to be pushing this, even in like a limited capacity like he is. So how is it looking? Yeah, well, unsurprisingly, it's not looking great. Of course, the tough on crime policies are looking good, right? Those will probably pass. The New York Times notes that Republicans have, quote, prioritized legislation that focuses on shoring up mental health resources and policy, toughening criminal penalties for threats of mass violence, targeting, quote, juvenile crime, and incentivizing the safe storage of firearms. Some of these are good. Some of them are not so good. But basically, they're trying to do everything but gun control because the gun control policies simply do not have the Republican support they need to pass. So as of Monday evening, the Senate had adjourned without passing any meaningful legislation. But the state House did one thing that is actually pretty bad for Democrats and progressives. I'm curious. But before we get into that, I just want to note it really shouldn't take every single one of these lawmakers losing a loved one to gun violence right. for this to happen. But it might. Back to what you were saying. The state house did something that's pretty bad. I'm afraid to ask, but tell us what happened here. Yeah, so remember the Justins in Tennessee? The two I do actually. Yeah, they were the two young black legislators. They were expelled for loudly supporting gun control in the house. Right. They were uh expelled for, you know, trying to do their jobs. Right. I do recall it was a, a national scandal. It yes. was. It was. It was a really big deal, especially here in the South. And yeah, you may remember that they also got their jobs back. Right. But as of last night, the Tennessee House adopted new rules that allowed the legislature to bar members that they deem as being, quote, unruly from participating in discussion. 
the vote on this was 73 to 23, straight across party lines. And basically the new rule is that on the first offense of being unruly, you're banned for three days. On the second offense, you're banned for six days. And on the third, you're banned for the rest of the session. So as you can imagine, this vote came down to Republicans versus Democrats. Republicans want to be able to bar the unruly from the House. And we know who that's going to hurt, right? Right. Major air quotes on that, unruly. Major air quotes, yeah. Because we know who's going to get punished for this, right? Totally. This is basically a way to institutionalize what they did with the Justins. It's really, really bad news. And because it's like a procedural rule, it's going to get less attention. But it matters. It really does matter. It matters. And it's a thing also that like almost certainly will not stop here. Yeah. Is a thing... We'll see in other places where even if the line isn't 73-23 as extreme, if they have the numbers to do it. Right. And they're just seeing other states do it because they can. Like, who's to say this won't happen again? Right. And the rule will just basically be that whoever is in the majority party gets to be as unruly as they want. And whoever is not, does not. Right. That's going to be the rule. But we will keep following the story because Tennessee's special session will continue through the rest of the week. Thank you for that, Josie. Next up, let's revisit the recovery efforts in Maui following the wildfires that devastated the island earlier this month. As we said before, this was the deadliest wildfire in modern U.S. history. According to Maui's mayor, Richard Bisson, 850 people are still believed to be missing and at least 114 people have died. That number is still expected to rise, and only 27 of those victims have been identified so far. Obviously, incredibly staggering figures. Mm. But according to Bisson, officials are both saddened and relieved because when the recovery process initially started, there were over 2,000 missing people. Once cell service was back up and running, people were able to make contact with loved ones who were believed to be missing, and since then... Over 1,285 of these people have been located and found to be safe, which is huge, monumental, but still just a large number of people who are missing. Unbelievable what people are dealing with and how many people we've lost. I know that President Biden headed to Maui yesterday, so tell us a little bit more about that and his visit, et cetera. Yeah, President Biden arrived yesterday afternoon for a quick trip. It was only expected to last around six hours. Here's a little bit of what he said. Imagine being a parent wondering whether a child is, where it is. You know, press reports of grandfathers crying for lost neighbors while trying to be strong for the ones who survived. Of a woman distributing clothing to survivors who says she didn't lose her home, but she lost her hometown. But I also want all of you to know the country grieves with you, stands with you, and will do everything possible to help you recover, rebuild, and respect culture and traditions when the rebuilding takes place. Biden's trip started with an aerial tour of the island on Marine One to survey the damage of the wildfires. He was joined by Hawaii Governor Josh Green, as well as Senators Brian Schatz and Maisie Hirono and Congresswoman Jill Takuda. He also met with survivors as well as emergency workers. And he's joined by First Lady Jill Biden, as well as FEMA Administrator Deanne Criswell. And as we mentioned before on the show, Biden showing up was kind of a point of contention, right, from several different fronts. So this trip comes amid lots of criticism from Republicans who believe that Biden didn't say enough about the disaster, as well as frustration from some in Maui over difficulty with getting aid, along with longstanding sensitivities around Native Hawaiians. But in the time since the wildfires, the federal government has sent food, water, and critical supplies to Hawaii. They have also deployed over 1,000 federal personnel 
on the ground in Maui. FEMA has also given $7 million in short-term aid to over 2,000 families. But the Hawaiian congressional delegation is pushing for long-term commitments for this aid and support as these communities continue to rebuild. Obviously, this will be a process that takes a long time and so much money. Yeah. And they want the commitment that just as Joe Biden articulated that we will be there, we stand with you. They want to know that that's for the long haul and not just for now in the immediate, which makes total sense. They're totally right for wanting that. And that's what they should get. Obviously, we will continue to follow this, but that is the latest for now. We'll be back after some ads. What a Day is brought to you by Viore. Viore Performance Apparel makes the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift. Everything is designed to work out in, but it doesn't look or feel like it. And they're incredibly comfortable and cute and just the perfect thing to wear when I'm working from home or out and about, mostly at home, because I'm not out and about. Yeah, yeah. I will say, <laughs> I did not know clothes could be, this is, I'm being dead honest, I did not know clothes could be as comfortable as they are before I had Viore. Yes. Clothes could be so comfortable. Nobody told me. Smooth like butter, soft. They're so good. On the skin. I, I just love living in Viore. Viore is offering What A Day listeners 20% off your first purchase when you go to viore.com slash wad. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash wad. And enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. What a Day is brought to you by Ramp. We are all looking for ways to simplify our finances. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that true? Or <laughs> tax week? Man. That is why there's Ramp. Ramp is a corporate card and spend management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. Two things we love to do. Love that. With Ramp, you are able to issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. Wow. This is huge. Yeah. Ramp is super easy to use. Get started and start making payments in less than 15 minutes. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash wad, ramp.com slash wad, R-A-M-P.com slash wad. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank, members FDIC, terms and conditions apply. What a day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S., with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, fast-growing trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, and that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Let's get to some headlines. Headlines. 
first, an update on Tropical Storm Hillary that swept through Southern California on Sunday night. Thankfully, there were no reported deaths or serious injuries in connection to the storm, but the region saw record rainfall, flooding, fallen trees, and power outages for thousands. The hardest hit areas were the mountains, deserts, and foothills of Southern California. As Hillary moved into Nevada, there were reports of flooding and power outages in parts of the state, and a boil water order was issued for hundreds of households in the Mount Charleston area. As of our record time on Monday evening, Hillary was downgraded to a post-tropical cyclone and headed north, triggering more flood watches and warnings in several states. Forecasters said the risk of flooding was highest across southeastern Oregon and into western and central Idaho, with possible thunderstorms and torrential rains happening today. Donald Trump's bail has been set at $200,000 in the racketeering case against him in Georgia. That is where the former president and 18 others are charged with election interference. Trump's legal team says that they came to a bond agreement after meeting with the Fulton County District Attorney's Office yesterday. The defendants in the case will be required to pay cash upon being booked in Atlanta, but the release conditions outlined go beyond cash bail, too. Fulton County Superior Court Judge Scott McAfee, who signed the order, wrote that Trump is barred from using social media to, quote, intimidate his co-defendants, witnesses, or co-conspirators. I'd love to see how this will be enforced. I feel like they gotta be real specific about what they mean. I don't know if one of these has ever stopped him before. Yeah. Gotta draw real clear lines with this man. <laughs> this is like dealing with a second grader. This yeah. Same shit. Quite same literally. Shit. Yes, exactly. The defendants in this case have been given until noon on Friday to appear at the Fulton County Jail for processing. Let's hope they are mentally processing this thing too. Okay, I'm not really wasting my hopes on these people. That's all I'm gonna say. My precious hopes and dreams, yeah. not wasting any on them. <laughs> Members of the Republican House Freedom Caucus announced on Monday how they'll plan to hold the country hostage this time around. Mm. They said they will oppose a stopgap funding bill unless their terms are met, making it even more difficult for leadership to avoid a looming shutdown when the government's budget year ends September 30th. They posted a statement on social media yesterday outlining their demands, which include passing a sweeping GOP border bill that has already stalled in the Senate and ending, quote, woke Defense Department policies. That's not a thing. <laughs> the Defense Department is not woke. Are they doing it to make us laugh? Because, like, it is working. It is working. It is yeah. working. Yeah. Speaker Kevin McCarthy told members on a call last week that to keep government agencies up and running, they'll need to pass that short-term funding bill. But even if the Freedom Caucus holds out and McCarthy and the Democrats temporarily keep the government open, there's still no guarantee that they'll reach an agreement on funding for all of 2024. Still, Senate Democrats said they're not letting the Freedom Caucus get away with amending a short-term spending bill. In a statement to The Washington Post, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said, quote, if the House decides to go in a partisan direction, it will lead to a Republican-caused shutdown. It really is getting old. It's getting old. Two candidates are headed to a runoff in Ecuador after Sunday's presidential election. They include leftist Luisa Gonzalez and banana tycoon heir Daniel Noboa. Gonzalez, an ally of former socialist president Rafael Correa, led with 33% of the vote. And Noboa, a newcomer businessman, came in second place with 24% of the vote. As we've discussed on the show, Sunday's election came during a very violent campaign season for Ecuador. Just earlier this month, Fernando Villavicencio, a top candidate, was assassinated while leaving a campaign rally. Also in election news, this time from Guatemala, the anti-corruption progressive Bernardo Arevalo won to become the country's next president. 
He won in a landslide with 58% of the vote. His opponent, former First Lady Sandra Torres, received 37% of the vote. This was her third time running for president. Center-left Arevalo is viewed to be the most progressive candidate to come this far in the country since 1985 when democracy was restored in Guatemala. The owner of a clothing store near Lake Arrowhead, California, was shot and killed last weekend, all because she had a pride flag on display outside of her shop. According to local authorities, a man approached Laura Ann Carlton, the owner, and made several disparaging remarks about the flag and used homophobic slurs before shooting her. She was pronounced dead at the scene, and the suspect was shot and killed by deputies shortly after. According to people who knew Carlton, this wasn't the first time someone took an issue with her flag. People have gone as far as to rip it down multiple times in the past, but Carlton always replaced it to show her support for the LGBTQ plus community. Carlton was 66 years old. She survived by nine children, and one of her daughters, Ari Carlton, described her mom as fearless and as someone who valued, quote, love, acceptance, and equality. Yeah, this is such a tragedy. Devastating. For someone to disagree with you and decide to shoot you because Mm -hmm. of it. That Mm -hmm. feels like a uniquely American thing in the absolute Mm -hmm. worst way. Yep. In another win for trans rights, this time down south, a federal judge has temporarily blocked part of Georgia's ban on gender-affirming care for minors. That law went into effect last month, and it banned medical professionals from providing youth with hormone replacement therapy and gender-affirming surgeries. Several Georgia families with trans kids who depend on this kind of life-saving care sued the state over the law. And U.S. District Judge Sarah Garrity ruled that its provision banning hormone replacement therapy likely violates the Constitution and would cause, quote-unquote, irreparable harm to the minor plaintiffs in the case. The attorneys representing the Georgia families said in a statement that the ruling, quote, restores parents' rights to make medical decisions that are in their child's best interest, including hormone therapy for their transgender children when needed for them to thrive and be healthy. Meanwhile, the ban on gender-affirming surgeries was left standing because the plaintiffs didn't challenge it in their initial legal complaint. Okay, looks like we got to go back for more, but... I like this trend. We started talking about it yesterday on the show with our interview. And right. I am here for more of this happening where these laws have been put into place. Yes, please. District Judge Sarah Garrity used to be a staff attorney at the Southern Center for Human Rights here in Atlanta. She was an incredible advocate. So it's good to see her on the bench. That is really awesome. Love it. And those are the headlines. One more thing before we go. If you want to chat about the Republican debate in a place that isn't Elon Musk's Twitter, you can join Friends of the Pod to chat with your favorite crooked hosts, including Wad's very own me. Ooh, yay. Join us on the subscriber-only Discord so we can suffer through the debates together. Friends of the Pod will also get access to bonus content, ad-free episodes of Pod Save America, and more. Don't miss out on all the fun happening tomorrow at 6 p.m. Pacific. Subscribe to Friends of the Pod now at crooked.com slash friends. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, log off Donald Trump, and tell your friends to listen. And if you are into reading and not just the increasing list of legal wins for trans rights like me, what today is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. I'm Josie Duffy-Rice. 
And, and don't, don't mess, mess with, with the Swifties. Scooter, Scooter Braun. I'm not a Swifty. You're not a Swifty. I feel like I'm enough of a Swifty for both of us. Okay. But karma coming for Scooter Braun, like, I love to see it. It's fine. Drop by all your clients. Another person I'm not wasting hopes and dreams on. Sorry. <laughs> What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Our show's producer is Itzi Quintanilla. Raven Yamamoto and Natalie Bettendorf are our associate producers, and our senior producer is Lita Martinez. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com.